listening to the U Urban Bible Study Weekly Leaders Training Podcast. The U curriculum is especially created by and for urban and multi-ethnic churches. This podcast is designed to help leaders lead a Bible study using LifeWay's U Urban Bible Study resources. Each week, we examine a biblical passage, review some questions teachers may face, and give a practical teaching tip. I'm Dr. Mark Croston, General Editor for the U Bible Study, and joining me today is one of our writers, uh, Brenda Croston. Hello, Brenda. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to join you for Study One, Session One. This week's lesson is Jesus Met My Greatest Need, coming from the book of John, chapter four, various verses, verses seven through 18, verses 25 through 26. The point here is that only Jesus can truly satisfy my thirst. I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite Bible stories. And I'm looking forward to the discussion on how Jesus met this woman's greatest need. So our question for today is how does Jesus satisfy our deepest needs? Let's look at the first section, chapter four, verses seven through 14. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him. For Jesus did not associate, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is asking you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Wow. What a great passage this is. Uh, And so our first point here is Jesus revealed a greater thirst in me. And so uh, this is a familiar story for people who have been around uh, church and the Bible. Uh, This story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Uh, We'll just note a few things. One is that they are out of the town. Uh, The woman has come there in the midday to draw water, which is unusual uh, because that's the hottest part of the day. Normally, they would come toward the morning hours. Uh, She comes in the middle of the day because uh, she's kind of an outcast in her own community. Added to that, Jesus begins this conversation with her, and he asked her for a drink of water, even though she was a Samaritan and he was a Jew. 
and they didn't have any dealings with one another. So what really is our focus now here is the fact that Jesus in this conversation uncovers the real need that is in this woman's life. He uses this water, this conversation about water and thirst to help to begin to expose the fact that she had a greater need in her life. And so all of us, uh, you know, we think about it, all of us have needs in our lives and and things that we want to be satisfied. And so, but sometimes we go through life without ever thinking about it or trying to identify that which is driving us in our lives, this these this thirst, this this desire for satisfaction. Here, Jesus uncovers it in this woman's life so that he can begin the deeper conversation. And so, uh, you know, I think just a um, just an amazing thing in this passage, as I'm thinking about it, is the fact that there are a lot of people who have uh, an area of their life that's driving them to do certain things, go certain places, um, and and they don't they never try to really put their finger on what it is that is bringing me this sense of dissatisfaction so that I can try and find what will really satisfy. What are you thinking, Brenda? Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, how many people really know, right? And so in the case of the Samaritan Samaritan woman, it's important to note that um, she probably didn't know. She didn't know. She was looking for safety and protection. You know what the woman's plight was during this time? She wasn't considered uh, worthy enough to own property. Um, it was very rare that that happened. And so all she was looking for was safety. So the main question here was, how does Jesus satisfy our deepest needs? What I see in the text is he satisfies us by seeking us out. You always talk about the fact that we sing this song. I was searching, 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 you know, looking for Jesus. I think I messed the words up, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the truth is, he's always seeking us out. And we see this in the text because Jesus, being a Jew, probably would not have come through Samaritan, the Samaritan town, because they were not welcomed. We see that over and over again in um, the New Testament. However, Jesus makes a trip to come here, to seek her out, to have this divine appointment with her. Also, he seeks us um, to enlighten us of who he is. I don't want to jump ahead of the text, but we're going to see in a few moments that what he says to her is an open door for her to be enlightened to his true nature. So for me, that's what I see in the text to answer the question of the day. How does Jesus satisfy our deepest needs? He seeks us out. He seeks us out to not just set us to not just to save us as in we are going to heaven, but to also save us from the hellish situations that we are facing here on earth. 
that's exactly what he did for the Samaritan woman. Right. So she didn't understand what her real need was, just like many of us. And Jesus revealed a greater thirst in her and he does in each one of us. So let's go to the second point now. Jesus revealed my sin. He revealed my sin. And so uh, verse number 15, sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. So in order to help to reveal the thirst in us and the source uh, for that desire to be satisfied, uh, we also have to uh, point to the sin that's in us and around us, because often our sin will help to show us where we are not satisfied and where we have a hunger and thirst in our lives. And so he points to this woman and uh, just, wow, just uh, uncovers the fact that not only didn't she have a husband, but that she has been uh, in five different marriage relationships and now is on the sixth one. And so the, the essence of this story is that the woman is thirsty, right? We're use, Jesus uses this illustration of the water. She's thirsty. But what we're also seeing is that she is desirous of relationship. And, you know, for one reason or another, for whatever reason, these relationships didn't work. And she went from one relationship to the next, um, trying to find that which would bring this real satisfaction to her life and quench the thirst. And how how often in not only in her life, but in, in our lives, do we go from thing to thing to thing to thing in order to try to find satisfaction? And, and often those things that we're really driven by um, may also be uh, the sin that drives our lives as well. And so Jesus reveals this in the woman and reveals her sin, and in the same way, when we have a uh, these uh, successive thirst in our lives, uh, it is often connected to our own sinfulness as well. What are you thinking, Brenda? Um, I think we need to bring some context here. So I've heard this story told and preached often, and the woman is demonized. And so we we want some historical context here to say that. Yes, she had five husbands. However, she didn't divorce them. In this context, um, women didn't have the right to divorce. They didn't have the power to divorce. That was only 
a man's right. And also they couldn't testify in court. So even if she had the power to divorce, she couldn't testify in court, right? Also, um, <clears throat> there were prominent, there was a prominent rabbi during this time that taught that men could divorce their wife, their wives for something as simple as burning the food, right? And you and I both know that I'd be crucified if that was the case. You would have divorced me a long time ago. And so let's put that context there that she had been, been divorced. She didn't divorce. She had been divorced. And so she was rejected over and over again. Five times men had said, I want you. No, I don't want you. I want you. No, I don't want you. And so when Jesus comes and says, you said this correctly, you you haven't had, you don't have a husband now, you're living with this guy and you've had five husbands. It wasn't to uncover her shame. It, well, it wasn't to shame her. It was to uncover it for her to actually have to face it, to see it, to see her, her to see her greatest point of need. And so he didn't just reveal sin in her life. He revealed her greatest point of need. She was rejected. She was rejected. And Jesus came there to restore her. He came there. So this conversation between this holy rabbi and this lowly woman who is at the well by herself um, is a restoration. It's the beginning of her restoration. And so I think that as we read this story, we have to change how we looked at it. This isn't a woman who's an, a harlot. Um, I poll women all the time about this woman when I'm out teaching and they call her a harlot. She's not a harlot. She's rejected. And so Jesus has come to restore her, not just to reveal her sin, but to reveal the shame so he can heal it. All right. So uh, as this woman is going from relationship to relationship, it just kind of shows us that there's a, a thirst in her. Um, it it now exposes uh, this sinful relationship where she's living with a guy. And so how many times, uh, even among church people, uh, do they seek, like this woman maybe, relationship after relationship, and then compromise their Christian stand uh, because they have this deep inner thirst inside them. So whether it's relationships or whether it's careers or whether it's money or or whatever it is, um, you still have to walk in Christian integrity and so and not give in to our sinful selves. And so Jesus revealed her thirst. He reveals her sin. And then the third point is here, Jesus revealed he is the one we can trust. He is the one we can trust. Let's read these last verses. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. 
when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. And so uh, she now thinks about this. And, and so she she thinks she's shifting the conversation, but she is actually putting it right where Jesus was leading her. And so she starts getting into this conversation about true deliverance, true deliverance, the Messiah. That's national deliverance in her time, but it's personal deliverance uh, as Jesus Christ comes to bring it to each one of us. And so so she says, well, we know that this deliverer is coming. Uh, And and Jesus then just uncovers and said, look, that is me. I, the one who is speaking to you, am he. And so this is this is powerful because I just think about the fact that we have uh we're using all these new delivery services, right? Uh Uber Eats and uh all these other uh services that deliver. And so uh, when I think about this, I think about that delivery and deliverance is about something you can't do for yourself. And so the truth is that we can't fix our thirst. We can't fix our sinfulness. We need to dial up someone who can deliver deliver our freedom to us. And Jesus says, I'm the one. So what are you thinking here, Brenda? Uh, Yeah, just, you know, ditto what you said. It's funny how she shifts the conversation. It's it's often what we do when our, um, when our shame points are revealed, they're so uncomfortable. And so I don't want, I don't want to talk about them. Um, Not realizing that in order to be healed, you have to expose those hurts, right? Um, so she shifts the conversation. And then this amazing thing happens. This is the first time in script in this in this uh book that Jesus reveals himself as God. He uses that old testament God language, I am, you know, and, and think about that. You know, I am. So right then he was her water. He was the thing that would never let her run dry again. And he says to her, I am, which is also amazing on a whole different level, because here's the chief rabbi, right? Whether people have recognized him as that or not. Here's the chief rabbi talking to a woman you weren't supposed to talk to. Women weren't supposed to talk to men and much less a rabbi. So here he is talking to her and discussing deep theology. It's amazing. And so he, like I said earlier, her shame is being, she's being lifted up out of that shame and she's being restored to a place where, um, a place, well, she's being brought to a place where she's never been before, full satisfaction where she'll never run dry again. Um, funny note, or or it's ironic that the word for um, friend is havar. 
And it's the same word used to carry, meaning to carry the water bucket. And so she had come to the well without a havar, someone to help her carry the water bucket. And then she meets Jesus and he just takes the whole bucket. He didn't, she didn't even need any help anymore. She, he takes the whole bucket and satisfies her thirst. It's amazing. All right. So uh, don't forget to get down into the live it section on uh, this uh, because uh, the woman has certain issues in her life, but they may not be all the issues that are in your classroom as well. And so the live it helps to kind of bring out uh, some of these connections that will be helpful in your conversation. What do you do with your unmet needs? So uh, so we can stop talking about the woman and start talking about ourselves, right, and our own unmet needs. So that's great. Um, so this is going to be a great lesson. I'm sure that uh, you are going to enjoy this as you go through it. Now, if you're a Bible study teacher, I want you to hold on for just a moment uh, because Brenda's going to give us a powerful one-minute teaching tip. But I want to remind everybody that you can get your copy of the U Bible Study Curriculum at u.lifeway.com. That's y-o-u.lifeway.com. It is our urban cultural forward Bible study. It comes in paper and digital formats. There's a teacher guide in the back of the book and daily devotional pages to keep you engaged in the Bible every day. There's a leader pack that comes along with it, and it aligns with our Bible Studies for Life student and kids curriculum. So there's something for everybody. Don't make sure you pick up your copy real soon. All right, Brenda, give us our teaching tip for today. All right, 60 seconds to give you a teaching tip. This is going to be easy for all six of these sessions. I'm going to use something out of the Libet se section for your teaching tip. Why? Because it's super important for you to display how this piece of the lesson is super important. So this week, I'm going to ask you before you teach the lesson during the week to spend one day fasting. Don't just fast, but journal. Fast and journal. And I listen, I don't even have to think about whether or not you're going to that God's going to feel some thirst for you. And so this is what I need you to do. I need you to take one day before you teach, preferably during the week, and journal about um, the, the things that God opened um, up for you and the things that he filled up for you in that moment of um, surrender and uh, share it as your opening for the teaching session. All right. Thank you all so very much uh, for this opportunity to share this lesson. This is going to qu uh, generate quite a bit of positive conversation in your classrooms. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy that. So join us again for another You Bible Study podcast, because you never know where God will take you.